Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Police Naughty Dive, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition. I am Ron Kolick, and with me is the Professor Dude Lasse. I was like Mac Jones there. I pushed the button, but it didn't work. God, he has a terrible voice. Mac? Sounds like he's six years old. <laughs> uh, you know. You know what's coming out today that I find interesting? What? Is that whole ah shucks part of him is a, is a, you know, put on. It is? Yeah, apparently he's pretty fiery. Oh, that's good. Actually, yeah. yeah, no, I like it. But yeah, I like it too. But got that little opie thing going on, and yeah. So I can like this is come up here. It says get reminder, play on me. <laughs> All right, so I got to go to someplace else. I hate when this everything's supposed to be up and running, and everything is up and running. I've been here for like twelve hours, and <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for twelve hours. I've learned something new about you today and your your attention span. I I I cannot sit around and do nothing. It drives me freaking nuts. It was all of like eight minutes, maybe ten. That's like forever. Mm. So somebody's bowing out. Steve is bowing out of our special Patreon thing. Oh, okay. so I don't know. I, I don't know. He's gave me a send me a message, but it's kind of long and boring. No. So there you go. But uh anyway. Ghost Chronicles. How can I not watch this anywhere? I, I'm looking all over Facebook. So if you want to watch it, you're on Facebook, right? It says we're going live. Oh, you know what I have to do? I probably have to do that thing. You, you know, we, watch it on the screen that I put up in front of you with the show on. <laughs> well, whatever. Anyway, too bad. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Hey. Uh, Christmas is coming, of course. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why do you say it that way? Because uh, I have to go to the mall today. <sighs> Make your own bed. That's all I can say. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to relax. That's all I want. So do it. I can't. I have to go buy things for people. Once you buy things ahead of time, then you don't have to freaking worry about them. Yeah, I, that would be a good plan. I, I understand the quality. All of my that life, plan. I bought stuff. As soon as it's Christmas over, I start buying stuff. Really? Yeah. You know, buy you're an early round. buyer? I buy all year round. Really? Of course. You don't strike me as that type, but okay. No, I mean, we, we buy stuff that we need or useful or th things we like or whatever, but yeah. I'm What's always the earliest that. you buy a Christmas present? Right after Christmas. Really? Yeah. Okay. Good if for I you. See something, hey. If I see something that's good, that's a good value, okay, I don't just buy it because it's like, you know, highest price and this is the coolest thing. Sure. It has to be a good value and... Hey, she might like that, or he might like that. And then it's like, yeah, I, I buy all year round. My wife and I both do that. Good for you guys. And, and, and we buy stuff and give it to each other. Wish like, I had that uh, quality. Here, give me this for Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah, we do that all the time. And it's, I mean, we do it. I mean, we, you buy I, something like in May or something and say, give this to me at Christmas? We get like a shitload of gifts for Christmas from each other. Okay. A lot of it's like, Useful stuff, you know, you would call stocking stuffers, you know, you know, she might be shaving cream, okay. might yep. be whatever, any, anything, you know, I might find a run across a, like for just to, for instance, they have the doll store has these gloves that you wear for work. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're kind of like, you know, a cloth on the outside, but they got like a, a plastic, I guess, or whatever, some type of sure. palm, but you, they're great because as I mentioned, I, I was a thief in my past life and you know, I must have been because I'm paying for it in this life. I cut my hands all yeah. the time. So these protect my hands a little bit. And they're, and they're very flexible and they're good enough. And I, and I like them in a doll store. So I'll I'll pick up a pair or two when I see them. And I'll say, hey, I put this away for Christmas. Or if I see something I like that I don't need right now, but it's a good buy or something. I said, hey, I give, it, give it to me for Christmas. And we do that. We do it all year. She does the same thing. Hmm. Sometimes she'll buy like, you know, they have a say, or you buy one and get one free or whatever. Yeah. CVS or something. She says, yeah. Give me this for Christmas. So we do that. I mean, 
We've always done that. We put it away. We forget that trait. And we forget it half, you know, we forget what the hell we're getting. And we, like I says, we do give each other a shitload of gifts. So uh, that's a good thing, but it's all, it's all useful stuff is, you know, you know, we buy, you know, we buy the the nice things too, but uh, you know, we buy stuff that we can use, all use. And, and usually it's, if we buy it, it's at a a good price. I mean, yeah, but it is what it is. So anyway, I have to make my semi-annual or biannual trip to the mall. Yeah, I know it is what it is. Because I didn't do the whole buy before thing, which I no, normally I'm a big online guy because it's easy. And but I just yeah. didn't do it this year. Yeah, you know I bought more online than I would normally do. Anyways, it's stupid. Prime's got me roped in. What's I, a, there's nothing wrong. With Prime is great. I know I love it actually. Yeah. <laughs> and not only you get the Prime, but you get the Prime Video, which is I love Prime Video. It's my favorite. I bet love it better than Netflix. I think Netflix sucks. Yeah. Uh, but uh, well, it doesn't it, suck. Well, compared to Prime, it does to me. Yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Especially since you know the price wise is. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yep. Anyway. Oh, by the way, so you haven't started Yellowstone. No. Their prequel started last night. Their origin story. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. First two episodes last night. That was good. I I, I like what I like. I, mean, I don't watch a lot of TV. You got to get got to remember that. So I, I have a lot of things that I'm watching on and still finishing. But up Yellowstone on. is just very good. Yeah, I've started getting uh, Hercule Poirot from the library. So I've been watching those. And those are week, one week things. So I have to bring them back, but uh, or renew them. But mm-hmm. uh, I I love Hercule Poirot. He's a it's a great series. I loved it last week. They had a I'm not familiar with it. Explain it to me. He's a he's a Belgium uh, uh, detective. Oh, he looks like a little penguin, <laughs> and he always comes over. Everybody thinks he's French. He's in England. He's in England, and in the Grisels, they lose, and he he figures things out. And it's pretty. It, I mean, it's kind of it's it's a it's one of those where you can't guess the, who the the guy is all the time. To me, that's. That's what I want. Yeah. I mean, mostly, no offense, most American series, you can pretty much sure. figure out who the hell they are in about two seconds. Yeah. But uh, they're really good. And, uh, but last week's, I, I mean, yeah, last night's that I watched was, uh, I loved it. They had these two sisters, trip sisters. One of them was a medium and she would, uh, uh, you know, contact the dead. And they were, and of course, there was a murder involved and all that stuff. But, anyways, nice. But, uh, uh, Poor old Hercule got st- stuck with a dog, Bob, good old Bob, which is a terrier with a cute dog. He used to have this little trick where he'd drop a ball down the stairs and run down the stairs and catch the ball. Oh, wow. yeah. So it was pretty cool. And, and uh, but uh, Hercule lives in London, so he didn't really have a dog. So, but he was going to give them to the Trip sisters to to uh, uh, take care of. But they said, "Oh, we have a dog," and they didn't. The dog was in spirit. Yeah, and he said he wouldn't like it. So Hercules played a little trick on him. He says, oh, last night, he says, uh, yeah, I, I had a visit. And they got all excited and everything. And uh, they said, uh, oh, yeah, uh, a Spaniel came through. And he told me that uh, uh, Bob would be happy here and that you need him. And so <laughs> he conned him into taking care of the thing. But that's what he used. He used their, their thing against it. I like it. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I guess... Uh, uh steve's getting his uh yeah vaccination thing so we're trying new me we're trying new media with him so i was hoping he didn't just back out because he didn't want to do the new method that i we're, don't know he's english who the hell knows as we record our yeah. patreon exclusive content after yeah. the show yeah um yeah we we have if you're not a member of patreon and the list is growing uh you know i'm excited about it you get to see exclusive video um i think we got about 30 of them now that many really yeah it is about 30 videos on there uh that only our patreon uh people can see and uh they're members of the dead ear society as we call them right yep they used to be van helsing's angel but we we changed that dead dead air society yeah i like that better yeah um but uh yeah and we had a a new logo because we're going to have bling made up for our dead ear society and can we put put that logo up you want to put it up well you kind of like i made to, it available we don't have to put it it up went through all the it. freaking work so you make that guilt trip on me you're just like my wife there, there it is. is there it is love this ghost chronicles radio did is society uh done by a very good friend uh jason doobie and uh yep you can see steve and myself and lou so 
and J Jason did an excellent job, and he also gave us gave us a video of creating it, which was just awesome. Yes, Watch it is. Draw it. <laughs> Unfortunately, the bad part about it is that uh, it really goes well with the theme to Van Helsink, yeah, which Facebook blocked. No bastards, copyright issues. I don't give a rap. So this, this is going to be swag. Dead yeah. Air Society swag with this logo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. coming next next year. So uh, that's... see, this would have made a I, so many people. I could have given a T-shirt for this. this would have been such a great Christmas present. No, we'll see. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's getting there. You know, you you need the uh, Pionza to, uh, you know, get this stuff made. So so check for Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon if you want to become a member of the Dead Air Society. It's cheap too. It's like what three bucks? Is it? I don't know, yeah. You can price it any way you want. So it's three bucks. Yeah. Lots of exclusive people have been asking me. They say, "How can I pay more?" In fact, I have one person, uh, Craig the Groot, and I thank you very much, Craig. He's he's actually donating more than a nice. And somebody else asked me the same thing too. And oh, you should ask Craig because he's doing more. We should do a personal video for him. In other words, he should have a subject that he wants to talk about. That's a good and, idea. And we'll do a, we'll do a personalized video for him. That's good. I want to do special events. Once we reach a certain number of Patreon uh, members, then we'll do a special event just for Patreon. Oh, but, yeah, that'd be uh, great. Listeners, yeah. But uh, so yeah. join the Dead Air Society on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Or give it to someone for a Christmas present. Three bucks can't beat it. Yep. Yep. And you get it all year. So uh, this month, and I've got to wrap it up. Is the Ghost Chronicles magazine. Uh, yeah. Yes, which is ninety percent done. I just have to do the proofreading on it now, and uh, that'll go out to uh, the Patreon listeners who've been here for a year or so, or whatever. How's the Sea Serpent project coming? It's on hold because of the stupid virus thing. Uh, yeah. Everything else. Same with my other. I'm looking forward to that psychology project as yeah. as well. But um, anyways, I want to talk a little bit about Christmas because first of all, you, you know. I don't understand people. I mean, I mean, people people are just just arriving there. They're just haters, and I don't understand it. And this uh, country is getting filled with these freaking haters. You know, if you enjoy Christmas, they hate it. You know, like they've got to knock it down for you. Yeah. Okay, you don't like it? That's fine. You can do whatever you want. You know, I mean, yeah. Well, you know, Christmas trees came for Germany. This is like, who the hell cares? First of all, that's Christmas in the commercial sense. It's not the true meaning of Christian Christians, which is the birth of Christ. But, you know, they just got to attack somebody else for, for something. Do you know that most Christmas carol, most of the big Christmas carols are written by Jews? I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. They were. And uh, the, um, the, so many of the traditions were taken from other things but i mean yeah. we've done it ourselves if you listen to our our national anthem that was stolen sure yeah, yeah the music was anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> it used to be a drinking song which is apropos which is this fine. country yeah. <laughs> works, works out perfectly yeah but uh you know really a drinking song yeah so you're in a bar and you're trying to hit that high note yeah i gotta i you know what i just it's, it's funny when you do cleaning what happens mm -hmm. i found all these really cool books from the 1960s these these oh. little things put out by john hancock oh i see uh yep. insurance yep and there's one on the flag there's one on the declaration of independence one on the uh uh john hancock course one on robert e lee one on uh somebody else i forget what it was but yeah it's it's, it's really they're really cool and there's lots of interesting facts on it that i bet you 99 percent of the people in this stupid country don't know here's what you have to understand about people people want attention yeah. And they obviously want positive attention, but if they can't get positive attention, they'll take negative attention. Yeah. I and guess. what happens is those people who are have to resort to negative attention by just being jerks on social media yeah. and just being angry at things for no reason and well, just depriving other people for no reason will find misery loves company. So when they get in there, they'll not only get the negative attention of other people who understand they're idiots, but they'll also get camaraderie from other people who are seeking, seeking that negative attention, mm -hmm. just being, you know, yeah, you know, whether it's COVID, whether it's Christmas celebration, whether you know whatever it's it is, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just it is what it is. I mean, they're all screaming out for you to be tolerant. You know? Yeah, they're a lot of it's envy. At all. You know, why can you be happy celebrating Christmas and I can't? Well, don't you can <laughs> me <up> personally. <laughs> you know, it's all about you. You create your own world, your own environment, your own. Uh, or if you're not the biggest Christmas lover, like I'm not. Don't watch the movies. Don't yeah. just go about your life. A lot of people say, 
why do you why do you uh why do you hurt my feelings? Well, first of all, <laughs> only you can hurt your feelings, no offense. Yeah. I could might say something that if you allow it will hurt you, but if you don't allow it, it's not gonna hurt you. Right. That's the problem. We, we we take everything in, we just absorb it like a sponge, and we can't, we have to deflect it. I mean, be like the mediums do, you know, when they have all these people that are grabbing at them, yeah. you know, they block them out. So let's just block the bad stuff out. Uh, but anyway. Uh, ex lessen your attachment, first of all, to social media, your life will be a lot. Oh, happier. yeah, definitely. Life will be a my, lot My son happier. gave it up altogether. Social media yeah. and news. Stay away from news. Yeah, I like news. I like to know what's going on. Yeah, but if you can find a good news source that isn't. It doesn't really matter. I mean, except yeah. it, I don't accept it for, you know, I just I want to know what the general picture is. Like I'm getting emails from the globe today. Those idiots. Yeah, and the, the mayor of Boston is instituting a vaccine, you know, for indoor dining. Now you have Whatever. to show, yeah, you're I, vac I, I, vaccinated. I don't care. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Deal with it or don't one yeah. or the other. I guess, but you're going to drive to Boston and you're not going to be able to get into it. Well, you're vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. So we'll be able to get, yeah, I get my booster on oh, Christmas Eve. Which one Pfizer? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, good. I'm going to wait for you. <laughs> see if i dropped that <laughs> <laughs> no because a lot of people i didn't have any problems at all with my vaccination me neither pfizer and janet right no yeah, problems at no all problems but a lot of people are reporting yeah who yeah. had that way are reporting problems with the booster yeah so i'm waiting i'll wait to see because i've been experiences. you know i've been shot so many times you know like yeah. with the 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 virus the two vaccinations but also you know the two shingles the flu you know <laughs> tetanus it's like all oh, you know i get they pumped me up good. Anyway, uh, back to Christmas. Do you decorate your house for Christmas? I don't. Oh, my cohabitants do. Okay, so extensively, do. so it is decorated. Yes. Yeah. Do you, you see the houses with the the one candle in the window? Yep. You know that they have a candle in every. Yeah. Window. Do you know where that comes from? I don't. That's actually an Irish tradition. Is it? Yeah. What they would do is they would put a candle in the window, so that during you know the Irish and the English and and. You know, they always had these things between which queen, you know, like Mary, Queen of Scots was Catholic and, and Elizabeth was Protestant. Okay. Yep. So, you know, they would persecute and execute priests. And that's why you had priest holes and all that stuff. So what they would do is they would put a candle in their window to let any priest know that they had safe sanctuary in that house. Really? Yeah. So priests were being persecuted? Oh, hell yeah. They used yeah. to kill them. That's why they had priest holes. They had little houses used to have these little... Some of them were no more than just a hole in the wall that you go. Yeah, you wouldn't store the priest. Yeah, you store the priest. Pretty much like the Underground Railroad hmm. uh, here in, in the states, yeah. where, where the black slaves used to come up and, uh, you know, they hide them in houses. They yeah. would have little hidden rooms, a little hidden alcoves, which you know I've seen many times in investigations. Yeah, but yeah, uh, the other thing too is is that in Christmas we 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 twelve days of Christmas we always think twelve days of Christmas were. Uh, the days before Christmas, but they're actually the days after Christmas. Yeah, because uh, in in the uh, the early years, like Henry VIII and so forth, the, the, before Christmas you fasted, you you didn't eat meat, you didn't eat dairy. Really? Yeah, and then at Christmas you had your big feast. So, and then after the twelve days, you had the twelve days of Christmas until the Epiphany, which is the arrival of the the wise men. So that's the twelve days of Christmas. It was after. So the wise men came twelve days after Christ was born. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was uh, that was well. You know, Christ didn't just you know, spend one night in the stable. He was there for a little while. Yeah. See, these are details I didn't get to. Yeah. Before I flushed out of the <laughs> and the of Catholicism. The so you celebrate Christmas really yeah. from Christmas day on. That's why you have it. They used to have a midnight mass because that was the the beginning of Christmas. Okay. Uh, they don't have that any time now, but. Sure they do. Well, they're getting away with it. Our, our church went to a nine o'clock, nine p.m. mass. See, it's which I'm going to go to, but I love them. It's about the only church thing I attend. I love those. Mass I Christmas. love those. Yeah, like that. a lot of churches do. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but our particular church decided not to. Yeah. But anyways, uh, one of the and and it was interesting because they showed how all these different traditions of you know a tree from England and all that. I mean, tree from Germany and all this stuff get integrated in. And they, one thing they used to do, too, is they used to take um, the decorate their houses with with greenery. Everybody decorated their houses with greenery. And one of the things they would take the vines and they would put it through the sewing wheel. 
Okay. And the reason for that was decoration, but also to make it inoperative because you had 12 days to of no work. Oh, I see. So, you know, you know, you had 12 days off after Christmas, uh, basically. So that was the stop if you attempted to go to work. Yeah. 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 So it was that was the kind of little thing. And what they would do is is the king, uh, they would have their huge Christmas feast, which they spent an enormous amount of money on, especially Henry VIII. And uh, what all the the food that was left over, you know, they they would take it and they would portion it out and give it out to people to the would that were, you know, the commoners. They would give that food away, mm-hmm. and it was called dole. That's what they used to call it. And that's where we get the saying on the dole. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. So that was a lot of times that was the only time they would have meat or uh, in their diets and stuff. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of really cool things. And uh, I think it's the fourth day of Christmas. They celebrate. It was a very solemn time. And they had uh, 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 because that's when Herod killed all the babies, the, the firstborn babies. Oh, okay. Because, you know, he knew that Jesus was coming. So he sent out his soldiers and they killed the firstborn. That's why the, the uh, uh, Mary and Joseph and Jesus fled to Egypt was be, to prevent being killed by Herod. That was an attempt to kill the unborn Christ. Christ, exactly. Yeah, the yet to be born Christ. Right. And that's yeah. when, you know, this is all, you know, uh, church stories. Yeah. But uh, and that's where you, you have the three wise men. They come to Herod. Herod all says, I know oh, of yeah. this is the Ten Commandments film. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> All I know of this is the Ten Commandments film. That's the oh, extent yeah. of my knowledge on it. But the uh, you know the three wise men go and they they trying to find Jesus, so they they follow the star, but they go to Herod first, and who who is the the governor, Roman governor of of uh, Israel, and uh, he they said, oh yeah, look, and he said, oh yeah, we we heard that too. When you find him, report back here and things. So, um, you know, he wants to find him so he can kill him, right? So the the wise men on there, uh, when they find Christ, they have they have dreams. They are visited by an angel who tells them not to go to Herod, and they so they go a different route home. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean it's a lot of interesting stories uh, about Christmas thing. But uh, it's been part of our world culture for a long time. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, we we talked about last week. We were going to talk about. Uh, Death, right? Yes, because uh, Harry killed all the firstborn babies. <laughs> is that a, is that a good role? Okay, yeah. yeah, good segue. Yeah, okay, good. Segue. Talking about inventors killed by their own inventions. Okay, we'll take that. You yeah. want you want to? I I've, I have two. I have some too. So we're gonna not yours. You go that way, and I'll go. You we'll um, go. You me. You me. You know. They're probably the same thing. But no, no, no. I'm not doing inventions. Oh, you're not doing inventions. No, I'm doing a different thing. Oh, Fam- yeah. Famous last words and bizarre deaths. Okay, well, that one's got Frank, uh, Frank Reichert, Reichelt, unlike Frank Reich, the coach for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. A Frank Void Wright, the <laughs> architect. Frank Reichelt, uh, a tailor by profession, this French inventor used to devote all of his free time to designing and developing parachute suit design, which tells you where this is going. Uh-oh. Inspired by the idea of airplanes as they were just emerging on the horizon after a considerable amount of successful tests with various mannequins, he was emboldened to try it himself. By seeking permission from French authorities, this flying tailor jumped off the Eiffel Tower Oops. wearing his self-made parachute while he was expected to use a counterfeit uh, while he was expected to use a counterfeit for the demo. The friends tried to dissuade him, citing wind speed and other factors. I want to try the experiment myself without trickery as I intend to prove the worth of my invention, he told journalists. However, the destiny had already decided a bad fate for his very first flight as he jumped off the Eiffel Tower the parachute suit from, uh, in the parachute suit from a 187-foot fall. He died instantly as he hit the frozen land. <laughs> Newspapers described the suit as... <laughs> Newspapers described the suit as only a little more volu- voluminous, vol- voluminous, voluminous. Yeah, whatever you're asking yeah. me. Uh, than ordinary clothing, resembling a sort of cloak fitted with a vast hood of silk. Popular mechanics reported that his bloody and sh- uh, that his bloody his shapeless mass, his body was a shapeless mass when police picked it up. By the time onlookers reached him, he was dead. Later, an autopsy determined he died of a heart attack during his fall. No, that's a good thing. No. Yeah. 
do you think do you think that death occurs i mean as, assuming we're not destroying the brain right yeah a heart attack for example yeah do you think death occurs in the time it takes to drop 187 feet no, in other words, if your heart stops beating, let me see 32 pounds for a second. Go ahead. I'll go. You're doing physics now, huh? Yeah. You know, then you gotta you get you your heart stops. You don't die here. instantly. No. Right. You have you must have some time of consciousness, as the brain. We don't know. I know so, we don't know, but. It, yeah, but it's not like however, a light switch. If, no, wait a minute. However, if your consciousness is is, is detached from your body. Oh, in other words, as soon as the heart stops, says I'm out of here. Yeah, this, this I mean, asshole's it's, it's, jumping off the Eiffel Tower. My heart has stopped. I'm out of here. Same like, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, our body is is we have why we feel pain is is that we use it as a defense mechanism. Yep. In other words, you stick your hand in the fire. It's hot. You take your hand out of this. Oh, because right, it's told you it hurts. <laughs> yep. So, it, it have that point, but I think at a point. Uh, and, and I, I know this personally on myself that after a while, the, the, the pain ceases. In other words, you, your body shuts the pain away. Yep. I mean, when I cut my fingers off, it was a shock. Actually, they never heard come and think of it. Like you go uh, right into shock, right? Yeah. Cause you have that shock factor. Yeah. So you, you, you get blocked. I mean, now, it doesn't work. I would believe that a person was scared into unconsciousness. And it could be scared into a heart attack. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. But I don't think he's dead when he hits the ground. He might be unconscious. His heart might have stopped. We'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But right. I mean, but the autopsy is supposed to determine the actual cause. Of Not death. if it's a blob. <laughs> cause Wait, of death was it? he hit the ground. Yeah. He uh you know was a what do you call it mess? I don't like how did it. Okay. Yep. Anyways. You want to go back and forth? Or you want to? Yeah. Okay. Why well, you going to run the whole show? No. I just asking. <laughs> greedy little thing greedy. you're in a mood today mm -hmm. um this was said by marie antoinette famous last words famous last words yeah uh marie antoinette uh after she was accidentally stepped on the foot of the executioner uh as she went to the guillotine pardon me sir i did not do that on purpose so that's her famous last words. She stepped on the foot of, foot the, of the, the guy who was going to execute her. Yeah, chop her head off. Apologized to him. Yeah. Okay. That's nice, huh? That's nice. That's a lady. She's polite. Yeah, she was a lady. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Henry Smolinski. Oh, that's it. I get one poop. I thought we we're going back and forth. Yeah. Well, I wasn't fourth in yet. Okay. I was still. I'm sorry. Fine. I apologize. I get more than you do. So that's why you need to show up at rehearsals. I, I've been here freaking <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> Said by Joseph Harry Green, upon checking his own pulse, it stopped. Oh, really? Famous last words. See, that proves my point right there. His heart stopped, stopped, but he had time to take his own pulse and realize that it had stopped. We don't know that. We only have his word we take. Okay. <laughs> why, would he, why would he make that up? Because <laughs> he was in shock. <laughs> All right. See, yours. Give me yours. See, that just proved my point perfectly. I don't think it proved your point. I, I don't think, think it, it proved did. anything. Henry Smolinski. Hey, by the way, yeah. I just realized this in a way in when I was sitting here 10 minutes early or whatever the hell I was early, <laughs> is that at McDonald's, I can It's like get, you were here yesterday. <laughs> I can get I can get this uh, coffee. This is a medium. I can get the lodge for the same price. So I should get the lodge so it lasts me longer because usually by the time it's on the show, it's, it's not as hot as it used to be. Oh yeah, well it's in the it's those stupid cups. I take because we can't off. do styrofoam and anymore. I take the top off. Yeah, and you take the top off. And I also learned, okay, caliente. You know, a Spanish word. You yes. know, it means hot. Yes, caliente, mamacita. Yeah. But if you look at the thing, it says. Careful with that around here. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I talk to all of them. Yep. In fact, this is how I learned this. You don't I, talk like that to them. I do. Like, do you? Yeah. I, that's how I learned this. Okay. So the the cup says I caliente. And I was trying to say, how come Ari Caliente me on the cup? And she says, no, 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 no. That's uh exclamation point. Oh. So in Spanish, you they take the exclamation point and they turn it upside down and put it in front of the word. Oh. And then they also put it regularly in back of the word. See, those Latin-based languages. Thing. See? And they do the same thing with the question mark. It's in front and upside down? Yeah, upside down. And that, which is, I guess is kind of a warning that the, 
This I, I was wondering why our keyboards had upside down question marks and exclamation points. You have Spanish keyboards? No, on my phone. If you what? look through your if you look through your what? characters, so when you're typing a text or something, what? you can put an upside down exclamation point. Huh? Sure. Oh, I got type a wrong. <laughs> Give me something. Henry Smolinski was a Northrop trained engineer. Good Polish boy. Yeah. As he started the company, which focused on bringing a flying car to the market, he left his job. Again, a little <laughs> foresh a little more foreshadowing about what's going on here. Yep. The engineer, along with his partner, Hal Blake, created a unique design by coupling a car and a plane. He took the wings of a Cessna 337 aircraft Ooh, like and confederated, confederated it. Didn't know confederate was a Can you say that was word a verb. nowadays? I, I thought that was a... Yeah, they blocked He confederated it to... Now, what car would you pick if you were going to make a flying car? If you were going to put wings on a car? Edsel. <laughs> I think one of the last ones you would pick is a Ford Pinto. Oh, hell yeah. Although they're small and they're light, right? I would put them on a firebird. <laughs> of course, go big or go home, right? Mm -hmm. The car is known as the Av Mizar, A-V-E Mizar. In 1971, through his company Advanced Vehicle Engineers, a prototype of flying cars was built. Adaptive controls to make the car to drive it was either uh, to drive it as either a car on the ground or a plane in the air. In the early 1973, so they put two years into this. In early 1973, a combination of imagination, determination, and pomposity was a hit, making Mizar a new automated automotive sensation. Yeah, where are our flying cars? We've been promised flying cars since the Jetsons. I know. I know. They've had some, you know. Flying cars? Yeah. Well, this guy had one. Mm -hmm. Though they were engine though there were engine failures during the first test drive, they managed to drive it. See, I went through flight school a little bit and flying private planes and stuff like that and that was the thing first thing that occurred to me i can't keep a car running <laughs> why am i going to go up in a plane i don't know as the pair were going through a routine test drive of mizar down the driveway the cessna wings detached from the car whoops the two inventors were in mid-air in a pinto now if you're going to make a flying car if you're going to attach wings to a car you would think the last failure there would be is the wings would come off that'd be the first thing you'd make sure of right that would be kind that of important. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be important? His Pinto craft. I guess the duct tape didn't hold. <laughs> I guess it didn't hold. <laughs> Two years. Two years they put in this. His Pinto craft struck the top of a tree and crashed into a pickup truck before bursting into flames a witness, as a witness watched. After his ghastly incident, the idea was discarded. The idea of a Pinto is both terrible. The idea of Pinto is both terrible and wonderful. Retrospection leaves us in a moment of silence, not just for the two men, but for the odd idea that died with them. So that's what happened to our flying cars. Well, it happens. Anyway. Okay. All right. So where was I? Famous last words? Famous last words. Sure. Why not? Uh, these are famous last words. This was said by Nostradamus. <laughs> I got a guess. Give me. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Tomorrow I shall be no more. Tomorrow I shall be no more. I shall no longer be here, to be exactly. Okay, well, that's not a big prediction. Probably said that every day. <laughs> At a certain point. My, my dad used to say that all the time. Oh, this will be my last Christmas. This will be my last birthday. This will be my... Yeah. Well, eventually he was right. I wonder what happens when you get to the point where you, you just really could be any day now. It is. Yeah. That's for me. That's, well, I mean, for all of us, technically. Yeah. All right. Uh, give me one more. Uh, this was said by Carl Panzram. Zaram. P-A-N-Z-R-A-M. He was a serial killer. <laughs> Shortly before executed by hanging. Okay, great. So he had time to think about this. Yeah, he had things. So. Yeah. Hurry up, you hoosier bastard. I could kill 10 men while you're still fooling around. <laughs> Go big or go home, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you didn't like I didn't see this coming? <laughs> I thought that way. Well, what would your famous last words be? <laughs> I can't tell you. See you next week. <laughs> I can't put it on the air. Okay. <laughs> My famous last words would be. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. The death of this inventor is a very surprising one. Thomas, Thomas Midgley was an American chemist well-known for his two most popular inventions, uh, tethedriol lead, 
and I'm going to try to pronounce this. There's another name for it that you yeah, recognize, but this is dichloride difluoromethane. Mm. Dichlorido difluoromethane. Have any idea what that is? Yeah. Tell me. What you mean? The, the... What what the more popular name for it is? Oh, you make me think now. Dichlor dichlorodifluoromethane. Dichlorodifluoromethane. So it's fluorine and gas, and it's a gas, and methane's a gas. So it'd be, I don't know. Freon. Yeah. Yeah. In 1930, Midgley discovered an odor-free, non-toxic, non-flammable refrigerant gas that could be used in residential refrigerators and air conditioners uh, called Freon, which was soon commercially produced by Kinetic Chemicals Incorporated. Uh, through, though applauded at the time, he was later castigated for the same inventions. He's known as the person who had unfavorably impacted the atmosphere more than any other uh, single organism in Earth history, and also the one human is responsible for more deaths than any other in history. He was eventually affected by polio and lead poisoning, was left confined, in, was left confined to the bed. He was in need of extensive assistance to even raise from the bed. This encouraged him to formulate an elaborate systems of pulley and ropes, pulleys and ropes. At the age of 55, mm. he succumbed to death after being strangled by one of his pulleys. Ouch. Both of his inventions ravaged him. That's no good. <laughs> How did he get his neck caught in the pulleys? You want to try it? No, I don't. Mm. You and me. Uh, me. Okay. So let me give it another good one. Uh, we are alternating, we're semi alternating between famous last words and inventors that were killed by their own inventions. So, said by George S. Patton, you know who he is? Yes. Who died from a car accident while uh, out hunting. He died in a car accident? Patton? You, you didn't know that? I didn't know that. No. This, there was, that's one of those conspiracy things that he was killed. Oh, Patton's gold, too. That would make sense. That was missing. He had gold? Wow, that's one of the conspiracies. <laughs> so he gets, uh, so this is said by uh, Patton's last words uh, while he was out, he died of a car accident while hunting. This is a hell of a way to die. This is a hell of a way to die. <laughs> it's true. You yeah. want to be a war hero, you want to go in battle like the Greeks, right? The yep. uh, Spartans. Are you aware, I'm sure you're aware, that statues to people, the position of the horse yeah. indicates how they died? What? Really? Yeah, and I don't have the details, but for example, if the horse dies with both le both front legs on the ground or one leg up or two legs up, it determines whether they died of natural causes or they died in battle or they died from wounds from battle. I forget how it specifically works. But how the horse is situated tells you how the person died. Huh, I never knew that. Yeah. So this was said by Hunter S. Thompson, famous last words of uh, Hunter S. Thompson, author, in the final sentence of his suicide note. Relax, this won't hurt. <laughs> well, at least he's trying to reassure himself. Said by Malcolm X. You remember Malcolm X, Black Panthers, right? Was yep. he back by Black Panthers? Malcolm X, so was that the other guy? I think he was. Yeah, whatever. Malcolm X, uh, break up, breaking up a fight moments before he was shot. Brothers, brothers, please, this is a house of peace. Bang! Who? <laughs> in many parts of the world, uh, as ur urban legend states, if the horse is rearing both front legs in the air, the rider died from battle. One leg up means the rider was wounded in battle, and all if all four hooves are on the ground, the rider died outside of battle. Good thinking. What if all four were in the air? <laughs> he died from creating the statue. <laughs> all right, give me a veteran one. Jean-Francois Pelletier de Rosaire. Ooh, Suisseur. I love it when you speak French. <laughs> European-based Jean, and we're in the 1700s now. European-based Jean-Francois Pelletier de Rosaire was the first man to ascend in a hot air balloon along with the Marquis de, de Allens. Through um, though studying pharmacy in Paris, he was drawn towards chemistry and experimental physics. Ooh. He's the man behind a breathing apparatus similar to scuba gear, which helped workers in hazardous environments. He was well known for extremely using extremely theatrical and even more dangerous methods of practically displaying uh, his lectures to grab attention. 
And this habit of being the center of attention got him. It is this habit of being the center of attraction that got him into tragedy. Uh He volunteered to he volunteered to ascend the balloon along with the the Marquis. Pelletier de Rosaire was envious of the stardom Jean-Pierre Blanchard, the first man to cross the English Channel, along with John Sheldon on July 26, 1784. Pelletier de Rosaire designed a new type of double balloon with a hot air balloon underneath a hydrogen balloon. Oops. Yeah. On, see, see, there's no suspense in these, is there? <laughs> On June 15, 1785, Pelletier de Rosea died as he fell to earth. Although the reasons are unknown, it's expected that a spark from the heat source might have ignited the hydrogen, causing a fire. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Uh, yeah, probably. That's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but what are, what are you going to do? Uh, American-based William Bollock improvised Richard March Ho's rotary printing press in 1863. Due to the increased speed and efficiency, this revolution of the printing industry, due to its this revolutionized this printing industry due to its speed and efficiency. They were speed and efficiency in two consecutive twice in the same sentence. This is the sentence that's in there, and it's been edited, I would imagine. Yep. But it's interesting engineering. So it's a bunch of engineers writing. Due to the increased speed and efficiency, first time in a sentence, this revolutionized the printing industry due to its great speed and efficiency. Second time in a sentence. He also has designed and invented various devices such as cotton and hay presses, a seed planter, a lathe cutting machine, and a grain drill. Bollock's press allowed for automatic continuous uh, for automatic continuous large rolls of paper, eliminating the backbreaking hand feeding system of earlier presses. The press could print up to twelve thousand sheets an hour, which later improved to thirty thousand sheets an hour. All went well until a deadly mishap on April second, eighteen sixty-seven. While adjusting new presses that was being installed for the Philadelphia Public Ledger newspaper, his right leg was crushed accidentally by the machine when trying to kick onto a pulley. <laughs> After a few days, he developed gangrene, and on April twelfth, eighteen sixty-seven, Bullock died during an operation to uh, amputate his leg. Ugh. Can you read that? We have a, a message there. Uh, I, I, it's a big one, and I can't see it from this angle. I broke my glasses, so I got my second glasses here, and they need cleaning. All right. Jan says, let's put it up here, see what how that works out. Jan says, Folkism has it that equestrian statues contain a code where the writer's fate can be determined by noting how many hooves the horse oh, has Oh, that's raised. what he said. Yeah. Yeah. The most common theory is that one who raised the rider was wounded in battle, possibly dying on those wounds later, but not necessarily so. Two raised hooves, death in battle, all four hooves on the ground, and the rider survived all battles unharmed. Just what you said. Yeah. Wow. Deja vu all over again. But both Jan says, and the thing I read says that's not necessarily confirmed. It's kind of legend that that's the way it works. Uh, it's on the internet. It must be true. Yeah. So... Uh... George, uh, the famous last words of George Apple, uh, convicted murderer who was sentenced to death in the electric chair. He shouted these words out to the members of the press who were witnessing the execution. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, you are about to see Baked Apple. Baked Apple? Yeah, it's his name, George Apple. Oh. Baked <laughs> Apple. <laughs> So again, that was kind of funny. See, execution the last words of execution execution ease mm-hmm. would be interesting because again, they have time to think about it. Yeah. That's all that's basically all these have been at this point. Yeah. Right? But I mean, some of them. I mean, we look at this one. This, this is uh Apollo one astronaut uh Roger Chaffee. Uh, and this was said by him in you know what happened in Apollo 1, right? The flight on the, the fire. fire on the yeah. flight pad. He said this in the, on the launch pad in 1967. We got a bad fire. Let's get out. We're burning up. So he had enough time to know it. Yeah. You ever read the stories about the, um, what was the name of the mission that, uh, the space, space shuttle? Paul 13. Oh, the space shuttle. Yeah. No, not really. They, there's a lot of talk about how long the, um, how long the astronauts were alive after the explosion. Oh, was it possibly until the? Uh, yeah, it's conceivable they were many were alive until they hit the ocean, going down. In fact, um, I think one or two of them actually activated emergency measures in their suits after the explosion. Just God, talking about bad ways to die. 
I know it. This it's brutal. Alexander Bogdanov, Bogdanov, uh, enthusiastically attempted to change the world. A risk taker by profession, he professed he possessed many of the traits of a genius, but many but many proved fatal. He was into multiple disciplines: medicine, economics, politics, philosophy, and writing. It's estimated that he published close to 200 volumes of work, including the science fiction novel Red Star and its sequel Engineer Many. Sadly, it's also believed some of his he also believed in some of his fictions leading to his death. Uh, during 1912, he introduced a mythology called Tectology, which was the study of science itself. But under Stalin's regime, it was largely ignored. He began experimenting with blood transfusions in the 1920s to achieve eternal youth. He even persuaded Stalin to create an institute of blood transfusion. Following 11 blood transfusions, Bogdanov said he, was in, he had improved eyesight and suspended balding. <laughs> but unfortunately, at the age of 54, he exchanged the liter of blood with a physics student with traces of tuberculosis and malaria. Oops. But after the transfusion, his body after the transfusion, his body began failing fast. And on April 7th, 1928, Bogdanov's heart failed and he was dead. Oops. They say that if you give blood, it's supposed to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you make new blood. So you think about it, you're like makes sense, doesn't it? You're recycling, right? Yeah, you're putting your blood manufacturing into high gear a little bit. Yeah, you're getting rid of the crap that's in your blood too. <laughs> you're making new blood. I used to, I used to uh, give blood a lot. Yeah. Because it's actually it's good relaxing time. You just get away from everything and lie down for. Yeah, and they minutes. give you cookies too. And they give you cookies too. <laughs> but then I got a tattoo, and I haven't given them since I got the I, tattoo. I can't get give blood. So. How come? That's a rather personal question, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, well, let's let's phrase it this way. Is I it... can't give blood. Okay. They won't allow me to give okay. blood. Okay. All right. Yeah. I didn't know if it was because you had no. some sort of phobia about giving blood or something. No, no phobia because I gave blood before. I was a donor, very much a donor. And I've given platelets and everything else. But things in my life have changed. And, uh, you know, like they said, when God made me, they, they said, uh, you know, all right, that's it. We broke the mold. All right, I want to get protected. I want to get this one in so we don't run out. We're, right, we're running out of time. We're, get, we're getting there. No, not that much. You just think he's. I want this in. I'm saying this. Okay. Too bad. So I'll just do one. All right. Said by Oscar Wilde. You know who Oscar Wilde is, right? Oscar Wilde. Yes. It's a playwright, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. My wallpaper and I are fighting a duel to the death. One or the other of us has to go. This is his last words. So. Okay, so that's a waste. <laughs> Just a waste. What do you mean? It's in the book now, so it wasn't a total waste, right? But he's, he's, Nobody's even going to remember your last words. <laughs> yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> but, but he's a writer. He, should, he, he ought to be able to come up with something better than that, wouldn't you think? Yeah. <laughs> you know what you know, would be funny? It'd be like, who who's, who's like the most admired person in this country? The Rock. Yeah, yeah. So the vote rocks on his deathbed. He goes up and, he, and his last words are, I voted for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the most? That's an interesting question. I was I was half-assed. I don't think we have anybody just kidding about it. Exactly. Who is the most admired person? We used to in back the in the day, but not anymore. Who do you think the most answer? Who's the most admired person in the country? And I, I half-assed said the rock, but what happens is you get people that you really like. Yeah. And then they they get political on you. Yeah, like you know everybody loves Tom Hanks. But Tom, Tom Hanks Brady. Is, Tom Hanks is a flaming liberal, so you know that kind of diminishes things for you. Tom Brady till he moved out of. You know, we don't like people with money. Yeah. We don't like politicians. We don't like anybody of any stripe. Right, exactly. So who's the most admired person in the country? We don't right? like anybody. Who do you think? Me. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I'm gonna go no, but really, you're in the top ten. Really? I don't feel the top. That hurt my feelings. I'm sorry. <laughs> who, who is the most admired person? There is none. It depends who you speak to. I mean, I everybody's going to have a most admired person, right? For a while, it was Ruth Gator. People will say Trump. People will say Biden, right? Right? No, I know. But we're not taking an individual perspective. We're trying to, who do you think is the most admired? They come out with a list every year. I mean, it wouldn't be Gates. It wouldn't be Bezos, certainly. It wouldn't be. 
Well, I mean, Elon Musk. That's that's uh, most admired. That's what we got from the number. I can't name. I can't even see. <laughs> my buddy Bruce, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. But uh, do you admire Elon Musk? I mean, he's brilliant. Why are you asking me? Because well, this is, you brought up a fascinating question. I did. I'm but trying to answer the fascinating question. I I can't. I don't think there's any. You're not going to get an agreement. We can't get agreement on. How the rules govern. We can't get agreement whether they get a vaccine. We can't, you know, we can't do it on anything. I get it, but I'm We're trying idiots. to get in this current in this current environment. Who would be the person? I mean, and again, you can't. The country's too divided. You cannot get a, 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 a agreement. Seriously, it's that's the way this country is. It's just totally divided. You know, I laughed. What are you going to say, Oprah Winfrey? Mm. No, not yeah. everybody likes Oprah Winfrey. But the, I know not everybody. There's not going to be anybody that Ellen DeGeneres. Likes. Oh no, oh, God, that's no. going out the window. It, there's not going to be somebody that everybody likes. But there's someone who's more like more admired than anybody else. You know what? Next week we'll be back. Next week we'll, we'll look up. We'll, we'll look at a list. I'm. I'm gonna. You want to do this now? It might be the rock. How much time we got? Five minutes. No. You... Uh, oh yeah, we got about five minutes. Do you want to do a list? Go go search for your list, and I'll read a few things. No, because that list is going to be tainted by to the source. So, what in we, other words, Times' most admired person is going to be tainted by the by the so, fact that there. So, why are we even discussing this? Because it's a fascinating question. It's only tainted by our point of view. It's if you won't take somebody else's list, why would people take ours? Well, why would anybody take anything from us anyway? We're just that's true, Joe. <laughs> you you piqued my interest of the question, and honestly, The Rock might be it. The Rock might be it. Who's more admired? Or I don't know if he's admired. Who admires The Rock? Bill Belichick. I, I admire him. I admire Bill. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. But that's New England, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Henry Wynn Stanley. Do you know who he is? Hell no. Okay. Henry Winley. Stanley designed the first. Oh, we've gone on. We've moved on. Have we? <laughs> well, you seemed upset by the question. So. I would never be upset with you, Lou. Henry Wynn Stanley You're designed my little brother. the first Eddie Stone lighthouse after ships faced a deadly threat from the hazardous Eddie Stone Reef 14 miles off the Cornwall coast. Ooh, I like this. I know. That's why I wanted to put it in. When his earlier designs were flawed during a storm, he completely redesigned the lighthouse, which rode, rose. 80 feet above an improved 24 foot diameter foundation. In addition, oh, great. Got to recycle there for an ad. And it's all the way down the bottom of the page. Right? I hate that thing. Leave us, leave us hanging. Leave us hanging. Wow, there's a lot of people on this list. Okay. Uh, in addition, he equipped the lighthouse with a fine, luxurious stateroom and proudly told the world he wishes he could be in the lighthouse during the greatest storm that ever was. Ooh, sounds like me. <laughs> it sounds like he got that wish. On November 14th, 1698, the first lighthouse became operational and Henry Winstanley climbed up into its lantern and lit 50 tallow candles. The Winstanley was a lot of work. Huh? <laughs> The Winston, do you know what a tallow can? I don't know what a tallow. Yeah, it's can. a can candle made out of tallow, but it's, what's tallow? It's like a wax. It's a. So like whale blubber? They use whale oil, oil. right? Well, it depends. So he wrote, wrote. He lit fifty candles. Yeah, I lit fifty candles. The Win Stanley was a considered a hero, especially by fishermen. He was it, unable to enjoy the celebrations for five weeks. Why is that? During 1703, just before Christmas, the weather was so bad that he and his crew were stuck in the lighthouse, by which time they'd run out of food and candles. <laughs> after subsequent, well planned, yeah, well planned. <laughs> after subsequent terrible winter storms in the age of uh, in the age of the lighthouse being another factor, the lighthouse started demolishing. Win Stanley reinforced the walls with stone and rings of iron. In addition, he added another 12 meters to the already existing 20 meter high tower. Despite a severe gale warning, he insisted on going out to make repairs. This turned out to be his last night. All that's left on the seashore is a few twisted pieces of metal. The great storm of Great Britain, quote unquote, great storm of Great Britain. I like that. Familiar with that? Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, washed him away in his lighthouse. Later lighthouses were built with wood and then followed by concrete. So he invented the lighthouse and got killed in one. Yeah, it's a good way to die. At least he's doing something he likes. You know what I mean? Yep. That's, that's the important thing. So this was said by uh, Mary Seward, 
S-U-R-R-A-T-T. You know her. Uh, refresh my memory. You do know Mary Sewitt. Uh, before being hanged for her part in the conspiracy to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Remember, she was the 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 uh, one that kept the uh, end where all uh, Jim Lewis Booth and his conspirators stayed at. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, she was the first woman executed in the United States federal government. Really? Yeah. Do you know what famous saying uh, uh, came out of the Lincoln assassination and the following events? You're losing my throwing my thought. Okay, go yeah. ahead. No, go ahead. You already put me a question into it. Go ahead. His name was Mud. You know the saying, his name is Mud? Yeah. Doctor, The doctor who treated, uh, what's his face? Abraham Lincoln? No, the guy who shot him. <laughs> treated him? He was dead. They shot him in a barn. Yes, but he had escaped the theater. Yes. And he was on the loose, and he had broken his leg when he jumped from oh, the yeah, balcony. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, right. Okay. The doctor who treated him was Dr. Mud. Ah. And everybody criticized him because he treated the assassinating okay. the guy who assassinated so the his name is Mud. What the hell was his name? I'm blanking on his name. John Lewis Booth. Okay. John. Thank you. Thank you. I was just blank. Yeah. So uh, this was said by Mary Sewitt before being hanged as part of the conspiracy to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. Please don't let me fall. <laughs> <laughs> she was unclear on the concept. <laughs> You know what? I mean, we, we think about hanging, hanging. We always think about the, you know, our gallows. Yeah. Where they have the trap doors and you drop. Yep. Do you know that when they first hanging was what they called shot rope hanging? And yep. you would just be on a thing. They kick out the chair or whatever, and you just hang there until you die. Yeah. So they wouldn't snap your neck. Yes. So you would suffer. Yeah. So that sucks. Lucky. If you were lucky, you'd asphyxiate. If you weren't lucky, you'd hang there until you died. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot worse than snapping your neck. I'll tell you the the English are like they're horrible. They come up with the the worst torches imaginable. I I don't know where the who the hell. I can't sit around. I clicked on something on Cora. I don't know what the hell I clicked on, but yeah. now I get these all these items about different forms of execution and mm -hmm. over the years in different societies. Clean your browser, kid. <laughs> I have a cleaner mm. for my death, and I think everybody should have a cleaner. Yeah. I think if I should set my computers to the, if I don't log into them for a period of time, they self-immolate. That's what I think. I'm a talk show host. My search history is bizarre. This was said by General William Erskine after he jumped from a window in Lisbon in 1813. Now, why did I do that? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who's heard him say that? Alcohol was involved. <laughs> now, why did I do that? <laughs> see if I can fit this in. Lawyer and merchant prof uh, by profession, Horace Lawson Hunley, was a Confederate Marine engineer yes. during the American Civil Invented War. The Huntley submarine. That's right. He had a thing for submarines and thus helped to build them. He developed early hand-powered submarines. The most famous H.L. Hunley, named after him, he helped in designing and building three different uh, models. They recovered that, by the way. Go ahead. They what? They recovered that. They have it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and was ultimately killed by his third design. His submarine was built in New Orleans, which intentionally sunk in 1862 when the city fell to the Union. Although his second submarine was also sunk in Mobile Bay, Alabama, he didn't give up. Hunley found, funded his third submarine himself and carried that carried, thus carried his name. On October 15th, 1863, though he was not part of the crew, Hunley decided to take command during a routine test. The vessel again sank. Hunley, along with seven crew members, died in the waters off Charleston, South Carolina. When the Confederacy recovered the sunken sub, few of the a few of the crew members were still alive, but unfortunately, Hunley died. The raised vessel was later used again in the first successful sinking of an enemy vessel by a submarine in naval history, but the submarine soon sank too. Yep. You got to be a special kind of guy to climb into a submarine, the first submarine or the third submarine. Oh, we, no, we, we had one of the Revolutionary War, the they, Turtle. Oh, that's right. In Boston Harbor. Oh, that's right. Boston Harbor. Uh, yep. And you can you can actually see that at uh, it's in New York City in the museum there. No, a replica, right? Not the real thing. But uh, yeah. All right. We got to go. We want to thank everybody. We want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. Let's just celebrate something. Have fun. Don't hate. Good night. God bless.
from ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.